life waiting for red lights to turn green. Oof. I got the good timer today. Yeah. Six months. Mm. All right. Five TV shows that you would take to a deserted island. What's the first one you're taking? The Office. That's a good one. I would take I would take Parks and Rec. Do we get to share? Or are these ones that I no, have to hang on never to? never share. We never share. Never share. Okay. Um, <clears throat> my second one. It's amazing how hard the second one is comparatively to the no, first one. It's got to be Friends. Friends? Oh, yeah. That's good. I think I would take New Girl. And I know I'll probably get judged by a lot of people. <laughs> no, I like, I like, I like New Girl. Schmidt is hilarious. I, I just I like all the supporting Zoe Deschanel. She's, I you know, whatever. I I don't care for her character. It's whatever. But all the supporting characters are fantastic. That's right. But the show doesn't work without her character. It's true. It doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, it's one of those things that it's that title role, but the title role is not the main character of the show. Really, she just kind of yeah. like holds everything together. It's good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Big Bang Theory. Ugh. Showing your age. <laughs> Showing my age. Wait till my next one, because I already know my next one. Uh, um, man, that was so quick. I don't even know if I have a third one. Um, oh, just think of a TV show, any TV show. Oh, I would probably take Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, yeah. For a little diversity. Uh, I got two comedies. I, get, I, I know. Maybe a little bit more serious. Uh, cheers. Cheers? Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, have you ever I will seen an take... episode of Cheers? I have. I have. Okay. I have. I like Woody Harrelson. Um... Oh, the blacklist. Yeah, that's get good. my little get my little espionage in there. There's so many episodes of it that I forget what they're even about. Um. So here's my problem. My fifth one. Um, the Yellowstone series I really like, mm. but the problem with being on a deserted island is it's not very long. You know, it's it's a short, but. Just for the like intense action, I'll go Yellowstone with number five. Okay. What's something that has like the longest the longest the most episodes? I think I've already got it. It's gotta be friends. Uh, unless you're going like cartoon Simpsons or something. I forgot about the Simpsons. Oh, it's all these soap operas. <clears throat> I'm replacing Cheers with The Simpsons. Oh, divorce court. Divor divorce court or night court? No, divorce court. I no, I'll take night court. court. That's good. I would take night court. That's fine. That's great. That's like some high tier garbage. Oh man, see, and 
like I went like super fast, so I forgot about um, Bob's Burgers. Maybe we have to do it like animated. Maybe because you've got Bob's Burgers, you got Hank, uh, King of the Hill, The Simpsons. Um, there's some, there's some good no, stuff. No, it's fine. You chose Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I know it's. I just I I love Big Bang Theory. Young Sheldon. <laughs> Young Sheldon is brutal. Is there a spinoff of Young Sheldon? I don't know. Young Sheldon is a spinoff of Big Bang Theory. I know. Okay. I just on my TikToks, I keep getting this one that pops up every once in a while, and it almost looks interesting, but it 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 looks like a spinoff. Really? I've thought about. I need to look at a Young Rock. Is it Young Rock? Yeah, 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 Chris, yeah. Um, Dwayne Johnson's childhood. Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, I think I had avoided it because I thought it was like a Chris Rock because I hadn't even even paid attention. Isn't there a Chris Rock one? I think so. I think so. Boy, everyone hated Dwayne the Rock for a while. They did. Well, he was a heel. Yeah. It's hard to so. like a heel. Um, a video. Here we go. Till we're all growing a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for beer Hey everybody, it is good to see you today This is Behind the Beards mm -hmm. and Here on Behind the Beards, we pull the curtain back, take a look behind the scenes and try to reveal the things that go on in the hearts and minds of your ministers and ministry leaders. In case you're new, I'm Joshua Fowler, currently a preaching minister in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. My brother Aaron Partlow is a youth minister, minister in, in Longview, Texas. Not yet. Not yet. Um, one Sunday, man. One more Sunday here. That's true. That's I'm, going, true. I'm going through this process of... So it's kind of weird in our, you know, because we have Sunday night, but our Sunday night services, there's like 20 or 30 people there. And so like Sunday morning, it's like, what's the last thing you want to tell the church? Right. Those, those last words before you come back and preach another sermon on Sunday night to a few people. <laughs> it's like, I know. <laughs> Sunday I night might like, be the most awkward thing. I thought about like reusing a Pauline letter uh, is... is was my original intent because I was going to do my last Bible class with my youth group. And what was I going to do? Um, mm. So I was thinking about like doing like a, a class and, and using a Pauline letter about when Paul's talking about, you know, coming back or, or that he's away or that he wishes he wants to be with them, but he's called somewhere else. Um, but I didn't, I ended up just having a, a chill Bible class. We, we read some of my favorite scriptures uh, is what I shared with them. Um, yeah, it's a like, it's weird. That's weird. Me, uh, the The thing that makes it really difficult is also the thing that makes it most rewarding for what we're doing. Yeah, <clears throat> um, because there's there's nothing from either side that really says I'm just done and I got to go, or we're done with you and you need to go. Um. It's just one of those things that, you know, sometimes God puts something in front of you that you really can't ignore. And 
it's just it's just time for the next step, both for the church and for us. Um, and so because there's nothing, there's no seminal moment that's transpired that said, yes, there's this point of demarcation. Mm. I was kind of like, OK, yeah, it's over. Mm-hmm. There's no bad blood. There's no um, there's some regret. I mean, there's always going to be some regret, but there's always, no finger yeah. pointing. There's no real blaming. Um, it's just time, you know, and that's uh, it's uncommon. And it's kind of a shame that it's uncommon because it's probably the most healthy way of, of moving forward. Um, but sometimes it's just easy to stay in a place because it's convenient. And uh, I mean, moving stinks. <laughs> Selling houses is brutal. the worst. <laughs> moving houses is the worst. Uh, yeah, we have all these house showings. Aaron texted yesterday because we're doing a, a podcast tomorrow. I was like, uh, tentatively, yes, we can. But sometimes I'll get a message. It's like, hey, we want to show your house in 45 minutes. Get the heck out of Dodge. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. It's like, like, what okay. do you do? Where do you go? Um, so it's been good. Do you take the dog then, with you when you guys leave? Obviously. Oh, absolutely. Dude, that dog wouldn't let anybody in the house. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, he doesn't even let me in the house half the time. <laughs> right, yeah. I hear that. Oh, man. Our week's been good. It's been busy. It's crazy, man. Heather's been working nights, and man, when she's not home at night, I don't sleep very well. So, Aww. It's kind of uh, crazy, but it's been good. Things have been going good here in the old... Baton Rouge, how about Longview? Anything new where you guys are at? Uh, nothing new. We we had our uh, Netsis camp meeting uh, yesterday, which is always like, it's always a blast. Um, but we had a lot of preachers there, so it was a little weird uh, for us. <laughs> uh, but it was still really good. I uh, drove to Tyler, took our preaching minister. Our, actually, uh, Pine Tree, we announced that Jody Gardner, our preaching minister, is no longer will be our preaching minister. He will be our lead minister, um, which is a great, it's a great step. Um, it's funny. I was talking with Jody about it and I was like, so nothing will change for us because I basically have already treated you like a lead minister since I got here. Right. Uh, he's, he's, he's a great, he's a natural leader. He's a great guy that I, I always run things by. I always ask him about teachers. I always ask him about some of the other stuff he's been here for a while. So that's just kind of smart to do, but he's also just a, a natural leader and, and he's, he's good at doing that. So I'm excited for him to, um, officially have that role uh, and he leads our staff meetings. He leads, I mean, so uh, there'll be some, some other changes, uh, but other than that, like it'll be basically the same, uh, which is uh, for me at least. So that, that's really cool. And anyway, I picked him up and we drove to Tyler and, and met with a bunch of other youth ministers. We talked about Nets's camp, which I'm excited about. And uh, we talked about Nets's days. Uh, and I was thrilled to uh, be able to host another Nets's Days, June 8th, at Pine Tree. So if you're in the area, uh, you should swing by June 8th. Uh, check us out. It'll be on our website. It'll be on our Instagram. It'll be on everything. Uh, but come for uh, Nets's Days. Be I'll be in the area. You will be. Hey, do you want to be our speaker? I think that would sound great. Oh, Got a oh, theme yet? No. <laughs> no, not yet. Close. Close. I hope we're close. I hope we're close. Man, it's it's crazy because you're looking at that and it's like, dude, that's the summer. Why are we talking about the summer already? And it's because yeah, um, March first is tomorrow. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's a that's unreal, man. I turn forty six tomorrow. Woof. Forty six. That's not closer now. Well, no, but it's just closer to fifty than forty now. So that is true. That is true. Yeah, I think I'll be thirty five this year. 
I think. <laughs> I think. I don't. I honestly don't remember. Because at some point you quit counting, right? I really do. Like I just don't care. I just feel old. Like I just gotta do the math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, man, we got a good little uh, show on the slate. I think. Question. I think so. Question we're asking is: Are you willing to change your mind? Um, uh, yeah, this is that kind of that question we ask. I wasn't when we started the show, but at the end, I am. <laughs> uh, we have so many. Like I think about the conversations I have with people, mm. and ultimately, this is—I don't want to say ultimately, but one of the big questions it comes down to is in evangelism. Mm. You know, and you think about people have asked me why is it why is evangelism so hard? Mm -hmm. I said, well, think about it. I mean, what is you're asking someone to change their mind about their view on something that's really a crucial part of our existence. So right, yeah. how willing are you to change your mind and why is that important um, mm -hmm. that we come in with that mentality? Um, mm -hmm. You have any thoughts as we get going? I'm going to like just talk over the top there. No, that no, I, I, mm, these are my. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I just, I'm an agreeable person uh, when it comes to this. You know, I think, uh, I, I think it's healthy for us to be open uh, to helping change our minds on certain aspects. Um, I also think there's a reality of perspective that we have to put ourselves in. Um, that you know, uh, I think a lot of people will hear this podcast and they want to go deep to like core doctrines or core beliefs. Uh, uh, and things like that, like in Jesus. Um, in, and I don't know that that's where we're headed in today's show. Uh, I think it's just more the idea of like, how open are you to changing your mind on any topics? Um, I grew up and, uh, you know, shorts were not a church option uh, ever. You know, uh, Sunday night, Wednesday night shorts, no way. It could be 98 degrees outside, you're wearing pants. Um, you know, as I got older, Man, shorts became an option in the evening, <laughs> mainly because I was wearing them during the day and I didn't want to change uh, to go to church kind of a thing. It didn't make me a sinner. It didn't make me a non-believer. It didn't make me a heathen or anything like that. It was just, um, is that really something that like held to a core belief uh, for me uh, was, you know, wearing shorts uh, to church kind of an idea. And so I think when we take things into like a perspective or uh, almost like a spiral you know, Christ and his church at the center. And, and as we put stuff on that spiral, as we get out, like shorts would be way out here uh, on that spiral for me, kind of an idea. And so we, I think sometimes we have to put things into perspective about, you know, what, what are we able to be okay with for the sake of unity? Um, you know, uh, you can't have unity if there's uniformity, mm -hmm. you know, we can't all look exactly the same. That's not unity. Um, if you even think, I think you can take that argument even further and say, you know, that's part of free will, you know, the, why doesn't God just make everybody believe and be uniform? That's not the beauty in his creation. You know, the beauty in his creation is, is unity, not uniformity coming through our differences and finding Christ at our core and at our center. Yeah. I, I think you can take it to even like core principles. Sure. Um, and just because my mind is open doesn't mean I have to change. That's right. Uh, but I think I have to come with a willingness that says I am 
hold hold on to your hat and your seat and everything. Okay, I'm not God. What? Um, yeah. I am not divine. And so because I am made as a human, there is always mm-hmm. a possibility that I have something wrong. Mm-hmm. And so when I come to the table, I have confidence in the gospel. I have confidence in the spirit of God. I have confidence in what I've been taught. But if you can show me from the word of God mm-hmm. in an honest way where I'm wrong, even at my core, I'm willing to change my mind. Sure. But there's some ways that it's going to take a lot more persuasion than others. I can be swayed a little easier on other things because I don't hold them as dear. Yeah. Those core things are going to take almost a like lot it's more. in a spiral with Jesus. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Um, so, uh, but I think it's that, that willingness is what we ask other people to bring to the table. Mm. Like we want them to be willing to change their mind um, in order for us to create dialogue uh, which is what is required for anyone to make any kind of progress. I have to bring that same willingness to the table. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because what it yeah. creates it is, it doesn't mean that, you know, that I want to change my mind even, but what it means right. is that I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen. Um, and I'm not listening for a rebuttal. I'm listening yeah. to try to truly understand who you are what you believe, why you believe it. Um, And then we can talk about how it differs from where we are. It's a much longer process. It's a much Mm -hmm. more difficult process. Mm -hmm. Um, It takes a lot more preparation and Mm -hmm. um, patience. Uh, But I think it's the the best way forward. Only way forward, Well, I mean, it's obvious that in in some form, we have lost the ability to have conversations with people. Um, Some people would root that with technology. Some people would root that with social media. Some people would root that just as far as generational uh, changes that we've had in our lives growing up that we have, we have lost the ability uh, to sit down and to have conversations and see things differently and walk away um, from each other, still loving each other, uh, still being kind to each other, still respecting each other. Um, and a lot of that is because of like this argumentative nature. <clears throat> I think, I think originally you talked about, um, um, about reaching out to others about um, evangelizing, you know, uh, in some of our minds, sometimes we believe that evangelism is winning the debate. You know, if I can win them in the debate, you know, I will win them to Jesus And time after time has shown that that's not the case that might work in 10% of the case. Like, Oh, you beat me in a debate. You have mentally wrestled me to the ground. I shall demote myself to Christ. And it's like, Nine times out of ten, like people are won to Christ by people's actions and the way that they live. Uh, we just took a Sunday night and we studied uh, what love is. Um, mm-hmm. And I started off asking all the teenagers, you know, what's love? Like, how do you describe love? And they talked about a feeling. They talked about when you see someone pretty walk by. They talked about, all the, but by the end of the night, they were like, you know, love is actually an action. You know, we see love played out in the form of how God loved Israel. You know, how he constantly chased after them, how he constantly forgave them, how he constantly was blessing them. Um, and now he does the same thing for us through Jesus's blood. And so I think in the same way, uh, like part of our nature as Christians to be loving is an action. And part of uh, being this openness in approaching these conversations where we're willing to to at least listen is this idea of coming to the table, not armed to the teeth. 
you know, not mm-hmm. armed, ready yeah, to, yeah. to, to quote or cite or, you know, um, and and, not being and, armed doesn't mean you're not prepared. Not it means act you're like coming, a, you're coming yeah, with knowledge, not with weapons, right? Don't treat it like a debate. Treat it like a yeah. conversation that you're having with a friend um, and everything. And, and that's probably getting into um, something a little bit different uh, for this topic. But like we have to we have to be more open. I also feel like, honestly, if you're not open uh, to, to changing your mind about some things or anything uh, at all, and you're like, I've got it right the whole way, um, which... Let's be honest, like in our tribe and our in churches of Christ, sometimes we can be a little bit like, oh, we already know it all because we've read our Bibles, you know, um, that um, like, are we really open to the spirit moving? Are we really yeah. open to, to the spirit who is calling us and listening to us? Um, my favorite phrase is to be like, are we being pharisaical? You know, are we being like the Pharisees, are we allowing the Sabbath day to be a burden instead of a blessing? Um, I think that's my favorite, like Jesus quote, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. And, you know, so many times you come, you know, we've talked about evangelism. You come to a passage of scripture that maybe you've read since you were a child mm-hmm. and you kind of just, all right, I know that story. I'm moving on to the next one. Um, yeah. Instead of coming to it with an openness that says, show me something I've never seen before. Yeah. Show me, show me an emotion that's expressed in the subtle ways of the, the way that words are used. Mm-hmm. You know, our experiences um, allow us to process things in a different way. So as we mm-hmm. go through life, I mean, think about, you know, how did you read the prodigal son four years ago, and how do you read it today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, now you have a son. And so having mm-hmm. a son changes everything about the way you read that story. You understood Absolutely. it before. But you understand it in a richer way. And as you read through that, you see different things that are highlighted. Um, so, so much shapes if we're willing to be open to receiving those things. Um, and, it, and it's about so many aspects of life. We have forgotten how to uh, communicate with one another. Mm. We've either forgotten or we just decided we don't want to do the work to do it. Mm. And, you know, you saw that with, you know, Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter and then Blue Lives Matter. Like everyone was saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. But in saying it from their perspective, they were completely dismissing the perspective of other people. Sure. Because no one was accusing other people of, of, well, I wouldn't say they weren't accusing. No one was actually saying anything that was incorrect or wrong. Mm -hmm. But because of the way that we proclaimed a message, we were dismissing other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true with politics, Republican, Democrat, independent uh, politics, you know, the worst. everything it's it, we're so polarized that we have pushed people to extremes and we don't know how to meet in the middle to have that conversation mm-hmm. because nobody comes ready to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I'll, I will state this on the air. Aaron Partlow. I believe that there is nothing good that will ever come from politics. <laughs> I believe that the only good in this world can come through Jesus' church. Uh, and that's why like, I put no effort into politics at all, ever. Uh, because I don't, I don't trust and I don't need the government to do good things. Uh, I need Jesus to do good things in, uh, through me uh, and to others. You know, and so people are always like, well, you don't, you don't get into the politics? And I'm like, no, why? I'm into the politics of Jesus. 
and, and what he says and, and what he does. And I think, you know, uh, only good that happens in this world is going to come through his church, not not yeah. through El Presidente, whoever. I, I do follow it because I think it's important to have some basis sure. of conversation with people. Um, and I do try to make myself at least moderately informed on what's going on. But as far as you're not going to catch me in a heated debate because I'm not going to have an opinion one way or the other. Yeah, because that's right. Both sides yeah. are flawed. Both sides have things they do well. Both sides have things they do poorly. Um, and well, both sides you know, seek for themselves and they never seek for God, even if they are yeah. good Christian people who are, are politicians. I just feel like I don't need to waste my time. Yeah, I had this. Um, a little off topic, but not not really. Someone, you know, was talking about, you know, prayer in schools. Mm-hmm. Like, man, this country started going downhill when we took prayer out of schools. I'm like, no, this country started nah. going downhill when we took prayer out of the homes. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't need my kids to go to school to pray. I need my kids right. to go to school, to learn how to read, write, and do math. Um, yeah. I'll teach them to pray. I'll, I'll teach them to pray. Um, but it's a. Uh, but coming together to have uh, conversations, right? Yes. How do we hear that. one another? Back to that. How do we hear one another? What do you think it is? How do we train ourselves to hear other people? Well, where does it come from? Let's let's start there, maybe, as to figure out how to, to train us. Why do we not want to why are we afraid to come to the table with an open mind and an open heart, ready to receive what someone else has to say? Well, I think sometimes we really know that we don't know everything and we're afraid of not knowing something, right? Uh, so we're afraid if somebody can convince us that we're wrong. I also think we're so used to living in an echo chamber. You know, we love to surround ourselves in a place where our ideas, even when we throw them at a wall, they'll come back to us exactly the same. Um, yeah. You know, I can relate to that in ministry. <clears throat> Sometimes in ministry, you really want an echo chamber. It's like, I have this idea. And somebody's like, that's <laughs> awesome. Let's do it. You know, that's what I wanted. What, Sometimes you don't want is somebody to be like, oh, that's cool, but I don't think it'll work at all. And you're like, oh, why are you so negative, you pessimist? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's like, well, at the end of the day, I probably should have listened to them and it didn't work out super well and yada, 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 you know, kind of stuff like that. Um, so I think I think those are two reasons that I can think of. Like sometimes we, we're afraid. We're afraid of being wrong. We're afraid of basing our lives or not even basing our lives, even on something small. You know, why is it so hard? Uh, to convince your child to try a vegetable, you know, um, it's gross, you know, cause like, Oh, it's gross. I hate it. Okay. Example. My son is four years old from the age of two to four. Uh, pickles were the world's worst. We go to McDonald's, you order him a kid's meal cheeseburger. You go without pickles, you know, um, his Mimi and Papa, you know, Oh, Sam doesn't like pickles. He doesn't like pickles. He doesn't like pickles, man. We're eating a meal over here. I have those like mini sweet dills. Yeah. And I say, oh, it's just a green carrot. <laughs> oh, that's good, Dad. Can I get some more green carrots? Right. Hey, buddy. You know, a day later, I go, hey, those green carrots you were eating, those are pickles. pickles. Like, oh, <laughs> what? And I was like, yeah. I mean, not all pickles are bad. All pickles are different. And, you know, and I told him, I said, the things in your mouth that tell you if things are good or bad, well, they change over time. I said, so it's always good to have an open mind. When we mm-hmm. are uh, eating foods, I said a goal, uh, uh, something that we do in the Partlow house. He's really in, he's really into like creeds or mottos, you know, 
yeah. told him, I said, hey, partlows never give up. And so whenever we're doing something and we're failing, he's like, Dad, just remember, <laughs> partlows never give never up. Never give up. And I'm like, that's yeah. right, buddy. Uh, so I was like, so partlows are always, we will always try something once. I said, that's, that's the way it is. Like we will always try something once. If somebody serves us or gives us food, we'll try it once. And that allows us to know if we like it or not. Um, Josh and the like, tells you that's no. something we don't try once. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I'm talking about food. I'm talking about yeah, food. I know. Yeah. It's a, uh, that will backfire on you if you use it improperly, right? One time my kids wouldn't eat mashed potatoes. So I gave them a bowl of ice cream. That was not ice cream. It was mashed potatoes. And right. to this day, Dustin probably does, but Johnny and Dylan, they won't even touch mashed potatoes because that is etched in their mind. When dad handed me a bowl of ice cream, that was not ice cream. It didn't affect the way they view ice cream though. So very different flavors, very different, <laughs> uh, cold and hot, uh, but in the bowl, it was like a perfect scoop. It was right there. It was. That's um, um, funny, man. Just sometimes the way things are kind of brought to you. Like, you, so you didn't like pickles once. Mm-hmm. And now it's not only is it in my mind, but then it's reinforced. Because, you know, everyone else around is like, oh, don't, don't even try. He said he didn't like pickles once. So don't even give him pickles. He doesn't like mm-hmm. pickles. And so just that that those words coming back is just kind of concreting well, we'll that, a, you know. And, yeah, we'll make it a core foundation of who they are. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, I'll say this. Sometimes it's about me and Star Wars. Like there was a time in my life where I really liked Star Wars. <laughs> if you go to my office and you look around my office, it is full of Star Wars stuff. How much of it have you bought? Ninety uh, percent of it is stuff that people have just given me over time because they heard that I liked Star Wars. Be careful what you say. I like cool, like vintage collectible stuff. So I think out of if somebody came in and said, "You can only keep one thing of your Star Wars collection," what would you keep? I'd say, okay, the glasses, the, yeah. the old Burger King Star Wars glasses. Out of all of my Star Wars stuff, uh, besides the paintings that my grandma made me. Uh, yeah, would be the only things that I keep. You know, I like Star Wars. Don't get me wrong; I like Star Wars. I used to a lot know a lot more Star Wars facts, um, but yeah, it's, I, it's die- funny, I didn't man. bring it to the island. <laughs> no, right? That's right. It's funny what uh, what we latch onto, though. You know, yeah. as people and those messages that kind of get put back into us, uh, and and I think sometimes we rely. Um, we kind of just rely on what's been given to us. And because we've never actually done, and I'm going to go back to like our faith, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's to me, that's the most important aspect of this openness that we come to. Mm -hmm. Um, If I don't ever do the work of making my faith, my own, Mm -hmm. then there's always this uncertainty of what if I could be persuaded away from Jesus, what would I do? Um, And it is, it is so important for us mm-hmm. to understand. Like I, I love when Paul, I, mean, I think it's the Galatians when he writes the letter in Galatians and he says, somebody has led you away from the gospel that I preached you. He goes, and, and, and I think we take this next passage that he says, he goes, even if an angel from heaven are to come and give you a gospel different than the one you've received, uh, you don't accept it. Mm. Um, but what Paul is trying to get them to understand is not, the nature of engaging new ideas, it's of the kind of confidence you should be able to have 
in the message that God has given us in the gospel of Jesus. Um, that I don't need to defend the gospel. The gospel can defend itself. Jesus doesn't need me to stand up and go to battle for him. He wants me to go to battle with him. But he's more than more than capable of standing on his own and taking the, you know, the barrage from people that are around. So you just need to stand in the confidence of who I am. And I, I think it's that fear of, man, am I going to be able to hold my own? Like, you don't have to. Just put the message before the people and let the spirit go to work. Um, but in the meantime, the way I am able to, to do that is by sitting and really listening and hearing what it is that people are saying. Because mm. uh, I don't need to be afraid if I've done the work of making sure that the word of God and the spirit of God is, is, is buried deep within me that it, and trusting that he'll guide us through those conversations, you know? Yeah. Um, the other aspect think, is I think we're just driven by negativity. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say to hit on that point, I do think like a weakness in your faith, like a chink in that armor that is, is so easy for Satan to exploit is if we're not open to changing our minds, if we're not open to the spirit leading us in, in different ways or, or something like that, that, like that is a, <clears throat> we talked about it Sunday as well in our sermon series. We we're talking about Thomas. We're talking about, you know, the unfortunate name of Thomas the Doubter is the nickname we oh, gave yeah. him. Thomas the Twin is the nickname Jesus gave him. But, um, right. you know, uh, but like if we're not open, if we're not able to have conversations and work through and constructively, rationally talk about our faith, that leaves a big gap for doubt. And instead of doing what we're supposed to do with doubt, you know, which is wrestle with it, handle mm -hmm. it, um, you know, um, use it, all that kind of stuff. We end up bottling it up. We end up saving it. We end up doing something, you know, or ignoring it. And it's, it's, it's a problem that just keeps building up and building up and building up to eventually somebody comes along and opens it up. And you're like, well, my entire faith has fallen through because of of this one little thing, this one little doubt, you know, um, because we never taught ourselves. We never trained ourselves to handle doubt. We never trained ourselves to have conversations openly about our faith. We have never trained ourselves. We say it all the time. And I we tell teenagers this all the time in youth ministry. It's OK if you don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. It's OK to tell somebody who's asking you really hard questions to say, I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's some things that I don't know, you know, yeah. because I don't know that I heard this, this guy quote himself one time and he said, I'm not God, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. and that's true. It's true. Uh, but, but you can see how, like, if you've, if you've never opened yourself up, if you've never allowed yourself to have rational, good conversations, if you've never, you know, read a story in the Bible and been like, God, teach me and show me something new here and not just go, oh, well, I know the story of Samson. Uh, you know, let me tell you all the details and let me tell you the only lesson that you can get from Samson. You know, oh, I know what this parable of Jesus means. Let me tell you the only reason or the only meaning from this parable. Well, that's why Jesus taught in parables, because there are lots. There's a main reason, but there's a lot of sub meanings in there, too, uh, for yeah. us to pull from and for us to learn from. Uh, but it, that it becomes an inherent and it becomes a deep weakness uh, in our faith. And I think that's where uh, sometimes we have a lot of people who fall away from the church or from uh, God or, or from their faith 
mainly from the mere fact that they have never vocalized, um, you know, any of these, any of these doubts or anything like this, like they, they keep it bottled up and try to ignore it. Yeah. And I don't know that I was, I was not explicitly taught that questioning your faith is, is a sign of weakness, right? but it was kind of this understanding that like, this is who we are and this is the truth. And we just simply don't question it. And right, so when yeah. things come up that make you question it, you're like, what's wrong with me? If I'm questioning these things that are, mm-hmm. I mean, they're really not, we've kind of led to believe they're unquestionable. Yeah. And because like you mentioned, oh, doubting Thomas, like, yeah, but dude, like, aren't you glad he said, show me the wounds? You know, I'm, you know, everybody in the room is looking and going, okay, I know this looks and sounds like Jesus and he says he's Jesus, but we put this dude in the tomb. And people you put in the tomb don't come walking out. Well, so, he also like wasn't there. Like Jesus appeared himself to the apostles, but Thomas right. wasn't there. Right. And so he walks and, into the room and everybody's like, guess who we saw? And he's like, mm. you know, mm. and if you think about a guy that's got a twin, mm-hmm. you know, he's mm-hmm. going, yeah, been here before. In fact, right, yeah. in my school, me and my brother pulled over on our teachers several times and they confused us. So, you know, I want the proof. And for him to have the boldness to go to Jesus and say, show me. Mm-hmm. If I mean, if you're really Jesus, show me your hands, show me your wounds. Um, and the best part of that story is that Jesus doesn't rebuke him for that. Right. He says, it's the first you're thing blessed. That Jesus says when he comes in. Yeah. Too. He goes, blessed are you because you've seen and you believe. But there's also acknowledgement of an even greater blessing for those who aren't able to see and yet will still believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think of John the Baptist. He's about to be beheaded, you know, and there's this moment of, are okay, really Jesus, one? are you really the one? Or have I done all this for nothing? Um, and and Jesus says, you make sure John the Baptist knows. Uh, the blind see, the lame walk, the dead are raised to life, and the poor are or preach the gospel, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, no, you're good, man. Like, go be confident. This is this is what's there, and there's not this rebuke for this this doubt that's there. Um, I, I think one of the things we have to do if we're going to train ourselves to to be able to have these conversations is is number one, we got to stop being afraid. We have to learn to lean into to doubt and learn how to wrestle with it and grow from it, and not see it as you know, as, as a sign of a cheek in our armor of weakness. Right. Um, but the other thing is we can get away from this like spirit of negativity that we have just grown to make so normal. Right. Yeah. You know that somehow if you disagree with me, you're my enemy. Right. Yeah. And that's not just on the big things. No. Right. I mean, I mean, we go down to the littlest things like, like the Rihanna halftime show. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like it, but why do you have to bash a performer for putting on something you don't like. All you got to do is change the channel mm-hmm. or turn it off, you know, or, or turn it off. Or, or when someone says, dude, that was the best halftime show ever. Uh, you can not be a part Comment. of that conversation. Yeah. Um, or you could say, man, I'm really glad you liked it. Uh, it wasn't something I enjoyed, but I'm glad you did. And move on, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but somehow it turns into this. Oh, 
if you like that, you're disgusting. That is horrible. You're awful. You have no taste, you know. And I think that's the polarizing nature of negativity that we've got to, that we just can't accept. And we have it everywhere. It's not just halftime show. It's even like, it's even like sodas. Uh, it comes down to our very nature of, oh, you ah, go to Coke that. Zero? You drink yeah. Coke Zero? Oh, oh that's the other way, man. Coke's for the, the um, pagans. But, uh, Only yeah, pagans drink. <laughs> and then you have people, you know, and then we're taught at a young age, like, oh, you go to that high school? They're full of idiots, you know? Uh, and I'm like, whoa, chill out. Like, what are we, like, what are you saying? Like, you get what yeah. you're saying? Um, I, I think it struck me like early on, um, you know, and, and my brother was young, Dustin, you know, we were big Texas Longhorn fans and there were two guys, Colt McCoy and Jordan Shipley that played for Texas. And they both went to Westover Hills church of Christ in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they were in town, they were at church on Sunday, every Sunday, they would come in a little late, sit on the back row and leave early. They didn't want to raise, you know, they would just kind of slink in and slink out because they didn't want it to be about them being there. But they were always a church. They were Christian young men and good guys. And Dustin just, I mean, he loved Colt McCoy. If right. if they put an article out about Colt McCoy, if they had a picture, he had it. He had his jersey. Um, and we're sitting there like at Thanksgiving one time. And my little brother goes, you know, Colt and Jordan are on steroids. And I, I was arguing with him. And he kept arguing back. I'm like, no, no, no. And my dad finally was like, guys, knock it off. I'm like, dad, like, I can't. Like, there are very few people in sports that right. I want my son to look up to. And here are two guys that are doing the right thing, living the right way. And I'm not going to allow right. my brother to, to 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 change that perspective of them and take that away from him. Yeah, um, why? And he's like, he's not even in here. You know, Dustin's in the other room. I'm like, you don't know what that child hears. Like he has said things that I thought he was outside of earshot and they've come back and bit me in the rear. They hear things, they soak them up and you're not going to take that away from him just because you have a, an opinion. Uh, And and that was kind of in that moment that I realized how much our words can have the power to either destroy or build up just, Mm -hmm. and it's just because they had a difference of opinion. Um, and, And a lot of it is completely opinion. Right. Um, and so getting out and, and just refusing to be negative, acknowledging that in the midst of our differences, Hey, I don't like world of Warcraft. Neither do I. Um, what's the, what was the I've one, changed uh, my mind? Yeah. That's um, the one I, I used to play a lot of world of Warcraft. You're right. What, what did we watch, uh, at the international? Uh, we watched was Dota, Dota, right? We watched some Dota too. Dona. You know, I mean, we're sitting there and you're like, dude, this is awesome. I'm like, no, this is stupid. Um, <laughs> why would you watch someone else play video games? Um, uh, but you know what I did? We sat in the student center and we watched it. And you know what? I actually enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it because we got to spend some time together. I got to learn about some things um, that you were enjoying at the time. Yeah. It also helped me understand some things that my youngest son would enjoy as he grew up. And it kind of opened uh, a mindset to embracing some of the things that he kind of gets some some life out of. But I wouldn't have had I would have been starting from ground zero with him. Right. If I hadn't have been willing to embrace something new and different than I had ever even thought about. Yeah. You know, when you and I met um, and 
So I can either like bash you because what do you mean? You live in Texas and you don't like football? Like, That's right. On, yeah. Dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> or I can you say don't live and breathe football. <laughs> yeah. Right. But the truth is uh, you may not enjoy it and you might not choose it. Um, but if someone invites you, you're probably going to go I'm along. There. I'm there. Um, if one of your kids is playing, you're going to go watch them play and you're going to support them uh, because you know, it's important to them and it's important to their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how we grow as people by embracing things that are different than we are by, by refusing to live in that echo chamber and mm-hmm. being a people that just exude something positive. There's something about being all things to all people uh, that there's a flexibility that comes yeah. with that. Yeah. That's um, totally true. Have you seen the, have you seen the stuff where they go through and they kind of uh, enlighten some of the, phrases that we use like jack of all trades master of none oh yeah it's actually you know, like a yeah yeah we've used it as kind of an insult right yeah like oh yeah he can do a little bit of everything but he can't do anything well but the actual phrase is jack of all trades master of none is always better than a master of one yeah um and so we've taken something that was meant to be positive about someone that's experienced in, in all things in a little bit and we've made it into a negative where it just says, yeah, but you can't do anything right. Yeah. Um, but there's something to being able to, to be a part of everyone's life in some way, but we gotta would, be open to do that. I would love to be a Jack of all trades. Like, to be honest, like just to know <laughs> just enough about everything that I can just, get through everything. I'm not a Jack of all trades, nor am I a master of one. I am a master <laughs> of none. Right. Like, Jack of a few trades, master of right. none. That's I'm okay a thirty-eight too. card deck, man. <laughs> Use me for nothing. Uh, hey. We want to thank you all for being here today. We appreciate you. We appreciate Josh uh, for being here too. We want to remind you of Galatians chapter six, verse nine. Um, you know, especially when we think about uh, being open and changing our minds, and and just just really just having a different nature, a different flow about us. Uh, we think of Galatians chapter six, verse nine. Don't grow weary in doing good. Like we're doing good and and do good for Jesus. Allow Christ to use you to do something different, something good in his name. Uh, We thank you for being here. We thank you for listening to Behind Mm -hmm. the Beards. Uh, We ask you to subscribe or like or comment or anything like Like that. Like rate, review. Rate, rate, (laughs) review. That's it. Yeah. That that always helps so much. But anyway, I'm Aaron. That's Josh. And we'll see you sometime in the future on Behind the Beards. We're all growing a beard. Man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for beer Man, I'm ready for my life to have a little structure again. You don't realize how much you need, like, a schedule <laughs> until it is completely out the window. Yeah, And it's like, oh, man.